Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network in association with Mother She Wrote Media. I'm your host, Kimberly Johnson in D.C. Today, my returning guest is Brian Karam. He is a White House columnist. He's the host of the Just Ask the Question podcast, and he's the author of Free the Press. I love talking to Brian. It's going to be an awesome show. But before we get into it. The Start Me Up podcast is independent, listener-funded, and woman-run. Visit patreon.com slash startmeup to see the variety of tiers offered, including the option to get two bonus What's Up episodes per week. Kind of like my online journal where I get a little more personal and talk about whatever is on my mind. There's also an ad-free tier with a much shorter intro. Just visit patreon.com slash startmeup. Now, please enjoy my conversation with Brian Karam. Welcome back to the show, Brian. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, of course, now I have to ask you, you tweeted something last night, and I have been waiting to ask you about this. I know you're not going to tell me everything, but you said, I just got a cryptic comment from a source close to the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. Beware the Ides of March. So let's talk about that a little bit. What, what do you take from that, and what do, you, what do you see happening? Well, I know that... Uh, um Kelly and I guess now she'll go back to Fitzpatrick when she divorces. Kellyanne Conway um, mm-hmm. has testified. I know that Michael Cohen has testified. I know that they're wrapping up the testimony. And I know that there are people inside the um, the investigation who say that it's coming to a conclusion uh, rather quickly and that there'll be action. So to me, that means now mm-hmm. that could mean anything. That mm-hmm. could mean that he gets clean, you know, gets an old bill, but. It could. It also could mean that in the next few weeks, at the earliest probably, we could be staring at an indictment of Donald Trump. Wow. Now, how do you feel about this? I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of opinions about there about what's going to happen. Do you think that he's going to be indicted in any of these lawsuits and any of these investigations, I should say? Well, yeah, I think that uh, Donald Trump will face at least three indictments. I don't think he'll ever see the inside of a prison. Mm-hmm. I think justice will be slow in adjudicating but i don't think there's i mean if you just look at the law and i've talked to former prosecutors federal prosecutors i've spoken to the current prosecutors in manhattan i have spoken to the folks down in georgia i know one of the uh prosecutors very well down there i think in all three places donald trump is in deep trouble (laughs) what do you think that's going to do i mean uh, he's he's running and we know that he can still run in, if he's indicted. I mean, he can run from prison, couldn't he? Well, <laughs> <laughs> not that I think he'll be in prison, but he could. No, it's, it's funny to see him, you know, take a state visits in, in, a, in a jail cell. But um, I know he's never going to uh, see the inside no. of a jail cell. Yes, he will end up. I, I think that this is all a grift and a con, uh, him running. I still don't believe that him. November of next year, he will actually be on the ballot. Now, I don't know who will be. I know Mike Pompeo is positioning himself for that. I don't think that, um, I think Ron DeSantis is trying to position himself for a 2028 run, although he could jump in. I think the more people that jump in, the more likely it is that Trump will be the, uh, will be the uh, nominee because he has a certain amount of people that are loyal to him that is a solid voting block, 30%. So if you have you know, five or six candidates, it's likely that Trump will be the candidate. But I think the actuary tables, his diet, the DOJ, or something else will get to him before 2024, uh, <laughs> and I believe he'll be on the ballot. His diet. Um, 
Uh, so the ham, all those hamburgers, <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna get to them, huh? Um, <laughs> sorry, I just had to do that. That's but, all right. <laughs> but do we've you... all made that joke. <laughs> <I know. laughs> do you think? Okay, let me just go back. Um, you said that you think DeSantis is positioning himself for 2028. Now I've heard 2024. Why are you saying 2028? I well, he could be. It. I think he's playing um, a very cautious game right now. He's um, Donald Trump will have, could, can and will eviscerate him because one thing mm-hmm. that you know. Ron DeSantis has all the appeal of roadkill. I mean, he's not <laughs> exactly the most, and, and he is a, a strict fascist. So yeah. he has a little bit, you know. Donald Trump is the is the drunken fascist uncle at the party, <laughs> and you know Ron DeSantis is is Mussolini with no sense of humor. So he has a tougher tougher road to hoe, and I think he's going to wait and see how. I, or so far he is he hasn't thrown himself into the ring yet. No. His hat still remains firmly on the sideline while Nikki Haley is in and yeah. others have joined the race. Mike Pompeo, there's talk of Sununu. Um, so I, I think that he's being cautious about his uh, – and he wants to see how many – he's being cautious about, about his goals and he's watching to see who jumps in. He's doing the math, same as we all are. He mm-hmm. knows that if he jumps in, that chances increase for Trump to be the nominee. So it, you know, it, it, it all depends how many jump in and for how long. And uh, I think the Democrats, the, the Republicans, if they ever woke up, have a, a ticket that could defeat the Democrats, but it's a ticket that could never get out of a, a Republican primary. And that's if, if uh, Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger ran as a ticket with her at the top of the ticket. I don't find her to be a hero, but there are many people that she could reach out to across the aisle and get Democratic votes. Mm-hmm. So it's a a, fright, a frightening prospect that the Republicans will never embrace because yeah. they are too wooden-headed to do that. <laughs> I love how you say he's the drunk fascist uncle <laughs> and DeSantis is Mussolini with no sense of humor. Oh, my God, I have to remember that. That is very good and very accurate. Um, <laughs> so, so, so you're basically saying you do think Trump's going to be the 24 nominee? I still don't think he will be. Oh, you don't, don't think he will be. So why? I don't think he'll be on whatever happens. Oh, I don't the hamburgers are going to kill him. In November of 2024. Gotcha. Huh. Now, do you have any predictions? You don't know who that could be at this point. That's really early, I, I know. No, right. I have no idea. All right, well. That's interesting because most of the people that I talk to like assume DeSantis is running for 2024 um, and that they, you know, and they think, uh, you know, we've heard a lot of different opinions on this. And one person who kind of convinced me that at least he could, you know, run and, and get the ticket was David Pepper because he was pointing out the fact that he just obliterated his competition in 2016 and that he would basically do the same again and that he would be on the ticket. But I totally see what you're saying, that there are all these other things in the way. So I guess we're just going to have to wait and see how that plays out. But I want to, I definitely want to get to this Dominion thing. I have a lot of questions for you about that. And I would say that, you know, I mean, I obviously, uh, Andrew Weissman last night said it's a huge big deal. um, And it is. But this is my question to you, is that, you know, we all have known forever that Fox lies intentionally, but it's all about proving it. Um, How do you see this thing playing out in the long run? Because even though, I mean, like, how, how, 
is it something like can the White House do something? Can they say, you know, because of these intentional lies, you can't come here anymore, you can't have a press pass anymore? No, that won't, and and that shouldn't happen because of the, you know, the First Amendment. I don't want to see the uh, White House. They can do what they've done, which is, you know, denounce Tucker Carlson, mm-hmm. and that's easy to do because he's a traitor. Mm-hmm. So is Rupert Murdoch. So is Hannity. These people are traitors, and they need to be prosecuted for that. And if I were in charge of uh, the FCC, I would – if you can't – the problem is – well, all right, there's two problems. You can't really reach Murdoch through the FCC because he doesn't own broadcast properties. He owns a corporation, mm-hmm. and it's the individual broadcast properties that have to be licensed. And so there's you know, part of the out, outreach or, uh, or the outrage is because that you can't really reach – him in that former fashion however if we were actively um going to do what we really need to do then what we need to do is break up media monopolies and that means that you would use antitrust legislation to break up fox cnn abc nbc and this is why sometimes i, I after i say this on one of these uh on one of these shows there's a long time before i'm invited back to the <laughs> of, of saying but there's six companies. There are six companies that effectively run the media. They own 90% of what you see, read, or hear. And you, know, you need to break them up. And Fox is an indication of why. Because they are entirely profit-motivated. They don't care about what it is that they broadcast. They only care about the money. You've got to divorce American journalism from capitalism. And look, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a great capitalist. I've written a book. It's called Free the Press. Buy early, buy often. Buy it everywhere where fine books are sold. <laughs> I'd love you to buy 15 <laughs> copies. But journalism and and uh, capitalism can't be tethered at the hip because what you end up with is what you get at Fox. Mm-hmm. And that is news that you want instead of news that you need. So they know what their audience wants and they feed it to them whether it's a lie or not. They dress it up. They they sell you entertainment as news, and for that, that is the biggest sin that they commit. And Tucker Carlson is a traitor to this country. I cannot say that enough because what he has done is knowingly perpetrate lies mm-hmm. in order to feed it to an audience so that he can make bank. That is a traitor to free thought and free speech. It isn't the, the uh, office of the presidency where the changes need to be made. The changes need to be made in journalism and on a larger scale, the executive branch and the legislative branch of our government have a lot to do to clean up the problem. Yeah. So then can you talk, can we just talk about that First Amendment? Because, I, and I'm kind of grasping what you're saying in that the peop, the specific people who are telling these lies are the ones who need to be held accountable as opposed to the network they're working for but we know and 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 i know that no, I, I think you do need to hold the network accountable but it's a more complex problem than, and and you can't ban them where does the ban end mm-hmm. where, where who do you decide gets banned and who doesn't that's a very slippery slope to go down mm-hmm. and so you can't go down that slope and there are good journalists that work at fox and i respect some of them unfortunately that's the only place they could get a job so they find themselves working there. If, if they didn't have to work there, I guarantee a lot of them would work elsewhere. Mm-hmm. The problem is that it is simply a, a fact 
that the way journalism is conducted in this country is a problem. Mm -hmm. And Fox News is merely symptomatic of mm -hmm. that problem. And so you have to treat, if you treat Fox, it's like if you have a pervasive cancer and you go in and you remove the hangnail, well, great, you feel a little bit better for removing the hangnail, but you still got the cancer. Mm -hmm. And that's the way it is with journalism. Mm -hmm. Journalism in this country, by and large, Fox News is the embodiment of what's wrong with journalism in this country. End of story. Yeah. Got to be changed. So, and then, so as far as, okay, so if the First Amendment is about protecting journalists. No, it's about, it, we have no more, honestly, we have no more rights than anybody else in this country. I cannot define a journalist. I can define an act of journalism. The person who shows up at a, at a freeway accident and pulls out his video and tapes it as the cops beat the crap out of somebody and then posts it on the internet without editing it, he's a journalist. Mm -hmm. Now, that's an act of journalism. Is he a journalist? Hell, he's probably a truck driver. Who knows? <laughs> that, but the simple fact of the matter is the First Amendment is based upon the idea that I may disagree with what you say, mm -hmm. but defend to death your right to say it. It mm -hmm. does protect hate speech. It protects everything that we find reprehensible. And that's because you want to see it in the open. You don't want it hidden in the darkness. Hmm. The problem is when you start squelching free speech, that stuff that you don't like multiplies. It's like mushrooms. It multiplies and grows in the dark and becomes far more dangerous. Best to see it in the light of day and to deal with it honestly. So that's why in the 70s, Nobody wanted the Ku Klux Klan to, to march, but they won the right to do it. Hence, you got a great scene in the Blues Brothers. I hate Illinois Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you know, that, that's where free speech is. And, and we have, on both sides of the aisle in this country, have abandoned the idea of I disagree with what you say, but will defend it that's your right to say it. So that it is now, I disagree with what you say, and because I disagree with you, I am going to cancel you or kill you. You know. The, well, I, the, I, I don't want to go so far as to say both sides, because I was just listening to Chris Hayes last night, and I mean, he was basically kind of saying what you're saying, defending um, you know, the First Amendment. And, he, you know, he's like, yeah, we have the right, they have the right to do certain things. I see, I mean, I'm not saying, you know, people on the left don't do it. But I think obviously, as you pointed out, Fox is the worst at it. But, but I, but I see, but the thing that concerns me, or at least, and I'm not saying they should, it's not so much about canceling, even though I might say that online when I'm really pissed or something. But and maybe I shouldn't. But the question here is like, if you're not allowed to run into a movie theater and scream, you know, fire, why can somebody go on air and, and promote something intentionally, you know, an intentional lie? And I know we have to fix that, but how, how is that going to be fixed? Well, you're seeing, you're seeing the, uh, the available, well, what's the available fix if you go into a crowded movie theater and scream fire and there is no fire you're gonna get arrested mm -hmm. and you're gonna be charged with inciting <laughs> a yeah. riot yeah. or disturbing the peace that's not a use of free speech that's a criminal that's criminal in, in, in criminal intent okay. which is what I submit to you okay. that Fox News has done okay so under existing laws, there are remedies, hmm. but the Justice Department has to take them, and it, it wouldn't be politically advantageous for them to do so because it's such a large. Remember what you know, Lincoln said when he invented the internet. <laughs> you know, what Lincoln said was, you know, the 
the a lie will make its way around the world before the truth puts its yeah. boots on. And the bigger the lie, the easier it is to get away with it. I think that was Goebbels. But that, at the end of the day, that's what Fox is taking advantage of. Yeah. And so the remedies that you see, the fact that you know of all of this stuff and I know of all of this stuff is because of two court cases, right? One that was filed by a progressive media watch group that is going after uh, uh, Donald Trump and, of course, Fox News. Fox News for sharing Biden ads mm -hmm. illegally mm -hmm. with the Donald Trump campaign, giving them to Jared. And uh, then, of course, the Dominion lawsuit for the voting machines, which is a libel suit. And libel is the best, you know, the biggest thing you have to overcome in a libel suit like that. If you've ever seen the, the Paul Newman, uh, Sally Fields movie, Absence of Malice, that's a go watch it. That gives you a good idea of what it is. In the case where you're going after public figures, you can make mistakes. You and I, I'm going to make a mistake at some point in time. I can't, I shouldn't be sued for libel for an honest mistake. Right. What you have to prove is actual malice. Mm -hmm. And what these texts and these emails and all the paperwork shows is that Fox knew there was a lie. They propagated the lie. That's maliciously doing it. That's malice, and it's going to cost them. It's wow. going to cost them a lot. What is it? I mean, aside from whatever money, what do you think it's going to do? What will the cost? How will this lawsuit affect us overall? How will it affect them and journalism, do you predict? Ultimately, if, if we are lucky, then what we're going to get is uh, Rupert Murdoch having to sell off Fox. And it'll be uh, billions of dollars that will be lost. And it is a wake-up call to them and to other journalists that they must, must present vetted facts. And that's my, my, that's my biggest gripe against all of these people is you know, the coin of the realm has always been for us presenting a vetted fact. Mm -hmm. And if you vet the facts and present them, let the chips fall where they may. Mm -hmm. What you've seen with Tucker Carlson, particularly with, you know, Kevin McCarthy as a, as a cuckold, a whore, and a pimp all at the same time. <laughs> and he gives uh, – Kevin McCarthy uh, gives the, the stuff to, Car uh, to Tucker Carlson, thousands of hours of video, and – Carlson then concocts a false narrative mm -hmm. that, you know, it, it, it's as if to, to understand what it is that he did, if there had been, say, 40,000 hours of videotape of the siege of the Alamo, what Carlson did was craft into a piece the two weeks where they sat around and did nothing and eliminated the two hours where they killed everybody. Yeah, that's I mean. You know, he's he's as misleading as possible to make sure that he sells to that group that continues to buy Fox the BS that Fox is selling. What about, okay, so then what about the information that Kushner got that illegal? What can be done there? Well, the lawsuit there would uh, also they're going to have to and, and if if it goes as as you know, they won as Media Watch once, and you're going to end up with a huge fine against Fox, another huge fine. All of these things are what the system has in place to snap back those who don't produce reality or facts. Mm -hmm. Hmm. And so it does exist. It takes time. I keep telling people, you know, it's like 
Why hasn't Donald Trump been indicted yet? Why don't they go after Fox? It's real easy to break the law. It's a lot harder to go after and convict. And that's on purpose. That's the way yeah. our system is is designed so that you don't have innocent people or innocent corporations paying a, a fine or going to prison for things they didn't do. Now, we all know that Donald Trump, I mean, it doesn't take a brilliant mind to understand that Donald Trump is a seditious clown. Nor does it take a great mind to see that what has happened with Tucker Carlson is he's manipulated reality for the for his advantage and for news. It has to be presented in a court of law. It has to be adjudicated, and then justice will be served. I know justice delayed is justice denied, but sometimes it has to be delayed a bit in order to make sure that it's justifiable. And in Donald Trump's case, you don't want to miss. This guy is such a slime ball that he is, you know, he's he. He's the only guy I know who walks around with a protective case of slime around him. <laughs> and he can slime his way. He just slides on through everything. So you're going to have to really nail his butt. And it yeah. takes a while. But I do believe in karma. I do believe in the American justice system. And I do believe that Donald Trump is not long for this world without an indictment. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, we have to take a quick break, but we'll be back after this message. Hey, this is Kimberly. If you're not already my patron, just visit patreon.com slash start me up. You can take a look at all the tiers and decide how you want to support the show. Thank you so much. Okay, we're back. Now, I absolutely believe that Donald Trump is going to be indicted, too. Um, One thing that Mueller, she wrote, stated on Twitter not too long ago was like she's worried that... um, People are tying an indictment to saving democracy, and she said that's not going to happen. And I totally agree with her, and I just have to make this point, that the only way we're going to save democracy is if we all engage and vote and pay attention to what's happening. Because one thing – I mean, you know, it might restore some faith um, in the system, but it's not going to be the thing that saves democracy. Um, And like you said, I don't don't know what's going to happen here because I've heard a lot of – different opinions on him going to jail. I don't think that he will. Um, I don't know what they would determine for him. And that's going to be another, what if he doesn't go to jail, but he gets prosecuted and they figure something out that, you know, it's just not going to satisfy a certain amount of people. And and I don't know where that falls into what they view as democracy. But all that said, um, I think that I do think he's going to be indicted. Um, Now, how do you think okay do you, do you think that he when he does get indicted he's going to do everything he can to delay he's going to do everything to fight do you, do you think that it's going to shrink his base do you think it's going to expand it how do you expect that to go over with republican voters well <laughs> donald trump's uh base has been shrinking since the day he left office mm-hmm. there are a hardcore number of net cases who will abide by Donald Trump out of fear. The numbers whittled lower and lower each day. I get his emails constantly begging for money, <laughs> claiming he's you know, he's he's a light and the truth and the justice and it's God annoying. Mm-hmm. I, I cannot get off his email list no matter how hard I try. I've I've <laughs> one of the things that Donald Trump stole when he left the White House was he stole the White House uh email list of all reporters that were all suffering because of it (laughs) having to watch his every freaking move as he sends out multiple emails a day nonetheless his you have a lot of people that support him 
are fearful white people mm -hmm. who believe that equal rights means that they'll be turned into the slaves that that uh, African-American forefathers were. Mm -hmm. They believe it's retribution. They're uh, fearful of it, and Donald Trump plays into that. You're never going to change their mind. Mm -hmm. For their, you are right, for justice and democracy to prevail, it isn't going to be upon the adjudication of any charges against Donald Trump. I think, the, as I said, I think the actuary tables will get him combined with his diet before he ever sees the inside or eat of a prison or even spends a day in court. Mm -hmm. He's hmm. 78 years old. He's not going to make it, folks. <laughs> he won't die in prison. He's yeah. going to die in Mar-a-Lago, Mar probably sitting on his toilet like Elvis. <laughs> that's that's how I predict Donald Trump will go, eating a cheeseburger. But um, for democracy to survive, <laughs> For in order for a democracy to exist, you need a well-formed and educated electorate, mm -hmm. and we don't. And the free press is a part of that. So is education, mm -hmm. and so the the road to um, despotism, the road to uh, fascism, is paved by the intense. You see what what they are doing in Arkansas. You see what they're doing in Florida. They're trying to get rid of education. Yes. They're trying to amend. Uh, education so that people aren't educated you know it when George Carlin said folks they just want you smart enough to operate the machinery but not to be able not to be capable of critical thought mm -hmm. he was right mm -hmm. that's what we are in this country and dismantling the First Amendment and crippling free speech and crippling journalism is a mate is a is also the other way to do it if you make people stupid and you preach to them that the only way for salvation is through them, and they're really there to help you, mm -hmm. you begin to believe it. And so the real future for our democracy depends on a strong free press. And a free press is not part of – it is democracy. It's not just a part of democracy. It is democracy. So is education. Those are the two cornerstones that we have to, to, to shore up in order to make sure that uh, fascism and despotism does not survive and take over the country. Vote Vets tweeted that Fox should be removed from all TVs on military installations, and I'm just wondering, do you agree with that? And yes, of course. <laughs> <I do. laughs> yeah, of course. That's not it. And see, that's not a First Amendment choice, right? Right. right. It, you should be able to watch whatever the hell you want on TV. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't be force-fed. You know, maybe a, it's like you go into a bar and there's 38 people there. And one guy wants to watch, you know, Fox. Everybody else wants to watch the football game. You let the guy who wants to watch Fox lose? Oh, hell no. Right, right. Put on the ball game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Well, that makes sense. And, I, you know, I agree. Um, yeah. I want to ask you, because I ask a lot of people this, and I just want to see this. This, You know, we're watching – I mean, every single day, the news is – ever since he came down the escalator, but now um, since the Republicans have this slim, tiny majority in the House, the, the chaos that they're creating, uh, you know, is expected. But how do you see this uh, – geo? it's basically the GOP fascist strategy. How do you see it playing out in these next two years? Especially, you know, we know the base is dwindling, but we're certainly not out of the woods. So, like, what do you see happening in the next two years? PC pack? <laughs> That's where it's going. It's yeah, a dog and pony show yeah. with clowns 
and fools and a few elves. That's, <laughs> that they're going to deny that they're going to say that there's not a worse president since Biden. Yeah. And everything that Trump was guilty of, Biden is guilty of, mm-hmm. according to them. Mm-hmm. And they're going to they're just going to snow you for two years and conduct hearings that don't need to be conducted while the American populace and the electorate is let down yet again because no legislation will occur without the impetus from the Democrats to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Look, and that's the biggest problem the Democrats have is they don't let people know that. Mm-hmm. You know, for four years, every week, I was told during the Donald Trump administration, it's infrastructure week, and <laughs> nothing happened. Then Biden gets in, passes a marvelous infrastructure bill, gets the support of Republicans. It's the most non, well, it's the most bipartisan issue to pass. I saw thousands of people on the South Lawn at the White House, Democrats and Republicans, cheering this. Then in the midterms, the Republicans who voted against the bill started campaigning on it, while the Democrats who actually passed it didn't. And Republicans won the House mm-hmm. as a result. Mm-hmm. That's just we have two political parties in this country. One has no heart and one has no head. <laughs> but they are getting a little better. I, th- I mean, I totally agree with you, but I think that they're getting a little better at their messaging. I wish they would. It get any worse. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, I've, I have complained that, that the Democrats were not on it with Obamacare in uh, 2014. And so many Democrats were afraid to even bring up Obama's name. They didn't want right. to do any praising of what he did or Nancy Pelosi, and then therefore voters didn't show up. But at this point, you know, we've seen in last several elections, Democrats, Gen Z, women, all of this, uh, they're showing up. And we do have, I hate to say this, and I've always hated to say this, but the worse that it gets, it seems finally people start paying attention because comfortable people can't be bothered. A lot of people in this country who aren't voting are just worrying about, you know, typical family stuff, getting, you know, kids to school, et cetera. Oh, yeah. They're not paying it's attention. Little, take them to soccer practice, make yeah. sure they got the races, but they don't understand the whole time how it affects them. Right. That's, you know, it's like, <clears throat> the, here's, here's a perfect example of where the press failed and where the Democrats failed. George Santos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This moron was found out beforehand mm-hmm. that he was a liar. One newspaper covered it. Everyone else re- didn't. And the reason why is there's vast news deserts in this country because of the rules that were put in place by Ronald Reagan, George Bush, and every other president that dismantled free speech and allowed large vulture capitalists to buy and close newspapers. So the word didn't get out there, Mm -hmm. right? At the same time, you had a Democrat running against him. And if I had been the Democrat running against George Santos and I had done any bit of of opposition research on this guy, I would have held a press conference every day going, day two of the lies from George Santos, (laughs) day three of the lies. And you would have known before he got to – And he would have never gotten to Congress in the old days. Hell, you even have Mitt Romney who came out and said during the president's um, State of the Union address, who pulled, you know, Santos aside and said, shut up, sit down and behave yourself. You don't even deserve to be here. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that there is an example of what we both what politicians, the Democrats do wrong and what Mm -hmm. the press does wrong. The embodiment of that where they where they converge is George Santos the worst liar ever to be, you know, elected to the Congress. Yeah. 
Well, and going going back to this whole thing about what happens in the next two years, I mean, I know we're going to see batshittery from the Republican side, but how do you think this is going to affect voters? Because like I said, there's still some big things that are making people uncomfortable. I mean, right now, Walgreens is not going to be, you know, giving out abortion medication. Um, that's pissing a lot of people off. And you're seeing a lot of people. I mean, OK, here's an example. David Hogg. Uh, I, I believe it was, was it Parkland? I can never remember the school, but he was, you know, obviously he's an, uh, a gun rights activist and his friend was murdered in front of him and Marjorie Taylor Greene has been stalking him and treating him like shit. And so, you know, he was upset and he was complaining about the Democrats. And I just recently saw a tweet from him where he was like, you know what, I'm, I'm changing my position. I really like what Biden is doing. I think he's a great president because I guess he was saying, you know, out with the old, bring new people in. So he's like, you know, experience does mean something. So I'm, I saw a, like a, a switch over in his uh, attitude about the Democratic Party. And so like I'm wondering what you think voters as we progress through this craziness, this GOP fascist craziness, what um, do you see voters doing? How, how reacting? That's a good question. And to your point, I attended a screening of a movie, Ithaca the story of Julian Assange's father trying to get his son free mm -hmm. um, in North Hollywood last week. And this was a very progressive crowd. It was an ACLU crowd. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I saw this supposedly progressive group of people. When Joe Biden came on screen during his inauguration as part of the film and spoke, I saw Joe Biden booed. Hmm. I saw cat calls. And I heard one guy scream why don't you die already oh my god and i thought for a moment i was at a trump rally wow or or you know watching a special brought to us by you know <clears throat> tucker carlson mm -hmm. but the problem is is that and what you saw in the young activist and hogue was he understands that that politics is the art of half a loaf it is not I win all and you lose all. It's not a zero-sum game. Mm -hmm. And for there to be real progress in this country, those who pretend that they are progressives must progress. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you, yeah. cannot in, in count, you cannot engage in an all-or-nothing solution. That's what the Republicans do. Mm -hmm. That's their part. That's what the far right does. And that's where the far right and the far left Converge mm -hmm. in an all-or-nothing game, and the rest of us are left out in the cold. To, for real, you know, for real progression to take case to take place, it is sometimes baby steps. Mm -hmm. It is the art. It's it's. Do you all right? Does is Joe Biden doing everything I want as president? Hell no. I don't like. You know, I'm I'm a reporter. I'm here to give everybody grief. Now, some people earn more grief than others. <laughs> Donald Trump earns maximum amount of grief because he's a, he's a seditious swine. But I can also criticize Joe Biden while acknowledging that he's done some really great things for this country. Mm -hmm. And if you think he hasn't, you're asleep. Yeah. Has he done things that I don't like? Yes. Mm -hmm. Has he done things I would do differently? Of course. I, and starting with the fact that I, I would love some president in this country to step up and and sanctioned Saudi Arabia for killing, for the crown prince being behind yes. the killing of, a, of an American journalist, Jamal Khashoggi. Yes. 
He worked for the Washington Post, nothing done. Yeah. Okay. So there's an example right off the bat where I disagree with Biden, but it, it, it do I, what it, with faith, with those two alternatives, what sane and rational person would want to pick a yeah. guy who says that the pandemic didn't exist and told me to my face that if I wanted to cure it, just inject a little Clorox and expose my body to sunlight. <laughs> That guy's a moron. <laughs> it has nothing to do with politics. Donald Trump is an insane, seditious clown. <laughs> he has no politics. <laughs> okay, but that uh, now, and I agree with you. I agree wholeheart because I consider myself, uh, you know, very progressive. But I, uh, like you said. You can't have the whole shebang. It's got to come incrementally. And people in general, they just can't take big change real fast. They have to get used to it. I mean, I remember when Obama was talking about putting in that option in the ACA and even Democrats were freaking out about it. Well, now that we've heard about it and now that it's been talked about and in the public conversation for years, there's a lot more people who are like, hey, yeah, I'm on board with it now. So obviously it takes time for people to get used to things and we can't can't have this like as much as we don't you know people like well, me to that point you could have more educated why don't we have family health leave why are women treated yeah. like uh prisoners of war in, in their marriage or in, at work why are why why in the name of heavens don't we have universal health care yeah. all those things i just mentioned are part and parcel part of many nations in this country mm-hmm. in this world mm-hmm. and so you know we could have those things but our politics is filled with ignorance, yeah. and that's because our, you know, I love how we go, this is the best country on earth. I go, yeah, well, I don't disagree, but where have you traveled to make that decision? Yeah. Well, I go to Sedalia every year. I go, I go to Lake of the Woods. I go to the Ozarks. Well, God bless. Get out of your own county. <laughs> Yes, I'm going to Branson. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, you might want to try someplace else. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was, it was James Carville who said, and, and here's the model that the Democrats should embrace. Here's a progressive who won't give up. Mm-hmm. And James always said, I don't admire the Republicans and what they stand for, but I admire their work ethic because they don't give up. Yeah. And that's what it's got to be for progressives. And you got to quit disenfranchising the progressives that came before you because that plays into mm-hmm. the, the Republican narrative. It, Thomas Jefferson, yes, he was a slaveholder. Yes, he did many bad things according to what we think today. But we wouldn't be where we are today with, without the progress that our founding fathers made. So they are signposts on the on the road to progress to you know to progressing they were progressives for their day we're more progressive today because we also recognize that three-fifths of a person is not a real person and that women do have voting rights and by the way women have the right to have you know control over their own body that was an established fact for 50 years and we went backwards why did that happen it's on us yes. to change everything you just said. Um, I just had a coughing fit that I'm editing out, so so pardon me if my voice squeaks a little bit. But um, yeah, okay. So the last question I have for you then is, I know it's still two years away, but how are you feeling about democracy and where we're headed for 2024? 
Well, actually, I always re remain uh, eternally optimistic. As much as my grandson is eternally happy, I'm eternally optimistic. And I do believe that things uh, tend, have a tendency to trend toward progression despite whatever uh, fits and starts we have along the way. I am a little impatient at this point in my life. I'd like to see a little more progress. I thought by th this time in my life, I'd be uh, you know, uh, waiting out, I'd be sitting on you know, a holiday on my little moon beach, you know, uh, outside the mayor of tranquility on, on, you know, in the sea of tranquility on the moon, or I'd yeah. be living on Mars or, you know, or, you know, and I thought there would, the freedom that we uh, so cherish would be a reality. Unfortunately, that's not the case. So you have to continue the struggle. I see hope because I do see my hope is in my children and their children and generations. Look, my kids have friends that they don't care, you know, who they are, mm -hmm. what they do for a living, where they are, what their uh, <clears throat> persuasion is as far as religion, race, creed, or color. They just accept people for who they are. That gives me hope. Mm -hmm. And what doesn't give me hope is the continued segregation of thought that has occurred in this country. What my concern is is not segregation by race, creed, or color, but segregation by dismissing humanity. And mm -hmm. that I see in smaller markets, smaller towns, and because of a lack of education. And that is because of a lack of newspapers and a lack of, of communication. And that is something that we must overcome. We must get, but then again, people who gripe about the internet these kids in small rural areas are also on the internet yeah. and are and get a an invitation to the world that their parents and their grandparents never had. Very true. So that ultimately, while people dismiss social media, and there are lots of problems in it, mm -hmm. my my thing is everyone should just be able. Everyone should be who they are. Mm -hmm. uh, hell with all these monikers and hiding behind you know, numb the plumes. It just, you are who you are. And I never have that. I just register. I'm Brian Kerm. You know who I am? Have at it. I'm never anonymous. Mm -hmm. The anonymity of the internet has given uh, rise to the worst parts of, uh, you know, it helps you play to your worst angels. Mm -hmm. And Donald Trump gives you a hand there. But social media actually is the future of interaction of the human race. And it needs to be acknowledged it such and it is a great i think a great leveler yeah i agree i mean uh, yeah there's good and bad with it and i think that we need to as as we move forward and navigate I mean, are you on spoutable by the way yes i am i'll have to go find you over there um yeah you know i i, I like that over there because i i've said that it's an opportunity for people no matter what your political affiliation um to organize without targeted hate, um, targeted harassment, disinformation, that stuff isn't allowed on the platform. And this particular platform, I think, you know, it's born from what we've seen happening. It started with Mark Zuckerberg, maybe before him, but I mean, he was the big one. And then Elon Musk. And so we all knew that there were problems with Twitter before because, you know, <clears throat> I'll give you one example. Some guy, I don't even know who he is. I think he was Russian. He had a legitimate blue check and he called me the C word. And, um, you know, if, if, if somebody who is not big and legitimate calls somebody else the C word, they might lose access to Twitter for a week. But the bigger accounts, they don't have to worry about it. In fact, 
my mother quoted Ted Cruz back to him and she lost access to Twitter for a week. So um, there were things that weren't fair. And I think we're hopefully going to move into a place where there's a little bit more fairness in how, you know, the, the, the websites, the people on the websites are treated and, and how they go about uh, tamping down all the craziness. All about accountability. Yes, and to be yes. accountable, you can't be anonymous. You have to, yeah. you have to own what you say. Yeah. And well, that I think would eliminate ninety five percent of that. Because yeah. people when when everyone knows who they are, they're a little more cautious about what they say. I know, but then you have the argument like I'm on I'm at I, I you know, people at work uh, will see my tweets and I'll get fired and things like that. So they're afraid to be political and so that's their argument as to why they don't want to uh, put their real name out there. And I'm not I'm not I agree with you. I think it would be better if we all just had our real name out there and it would be harder to <laughs> lie and say some of the things that they say, but I don't know. At least yeah, the excuse given to you is the excuse of a person who doesn't understand that <clears throat> there is retribution for firing someone for a public right. Yes, that's that true. Is, that is basically a, a free speech right, and the government can't that's keep true. you from it. And if your private corporation does, you have a lawsuit available to you. Interesting. Now, not everybody wants to fiddle with that. Right. But at the end of the day, if corporations understood that firing people for what they think will get – will you know, there'll be blowback for it, there would be less prosecution or persecution. Yeah. No, you're right. And I just followed you on Spoutable. So there's – you know, there's there is hope. I think we're going to see more websites popping up that are going to take accountability more seriously and – so I don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, the next two years is going to be really vital and important as usual. But um, you always make some good points. I love talking to you. You have such an interesting and fresh perspective. Plus, you're funny. So <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, and before I let you go, will you please tell. OK, first of all, I just want to say your uh, spoutable is exactly the same um, handle that you have on Twitter. So just tell everybody where to find you. It's at Brian Karam, wherever fine social media are sold. <laughs> you can find me that way on, on any social media platform. It's at Brian Karam. The name of the book is called Free the Press. It's now in its third printing, and it's mm -hmm. available wherever fine books are sold, and it addresses many of the problems you and I discussed today. The podcast is Just Ask the Question, where I try to have uh, engaging interviews with uh, people of substance in the entertainment and uh, political realm and book writers and others and uh, you can catch my weekly column on Salon and this week uh, my I, uh, my column is entitled Tucker Carlson, Rupert Murdoch and Fox News a network of treason, sedition and lies <laughs> <laughs> Awesome and of course you know I'm author Kimberly on Twitter L-E-Y and then on Spoutable it's just my name Kimberly Johnson um, Brian, it's always awesome talking to you. So thank you for being a guest on my show again. It's always a pleasure. Anytime. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye.